Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to um, say how honored I am that Prophet Ford is here. I knew you were coming. And uh, so I hope that you don't feel uh, like every time you walk in I ask you to say something. But I, 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 I respect your voice and I respect what you have to speak to the body of Christ. And uh, I want to invite you to come and just take over much time that you have uh, to minister what God has been speaking to you. If that's uh, available, if that's okay, I, I never want to put you on the spot, but I do always want to make room for the voice of the prophet in the house. Would you? Would you welcome the ministry gift of Prophet Leonard Ford? Take as much time as you need, sir. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Good evening. Before I say anything, though, I want to uh, want you to go to Proverbs chapter eleven. Now, this what I'm doing is I'm connecting to what Pastor Michelle said earlier when she had us to stand and pray, take our position with the Father and then take our position of authority and deal with it. I want you to look at Proverbs 11 and 11. Because we, we, I think the body of Christ is very familiar with Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And I think we're more familiar with, we hang more on the make rich part than the catch that it's the blessing that makes the rich. Yes. But what I want you to look at is Proverbs 11 and 11. And it says, by the blessing of the upright. Now, I know the book of Proverbs is written in Proverbs. Sometimes you can take one verse and it's not out of context because it's a proverb. But I want us to back up a couple verses and tie it to this. Uh, verse 9 says, a hypocrite, and if you, if you, if you got a paper Bible, I want you to undermine, underline mouth. With his mouth, destroyeth his neighbor. Verse 10. I know I didn't finish the verse. Verse 10. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but is overthrown. There is again by the mouth. What, the reason I want you to look at mouth in the two verses is because I want you to focus on by the blessing this part of the blessing being what's coming out of our mouth. Yes. By the sometimes we think about what we are wearing, what we receive, the wealth that we've gotten. Okay, if you notice what Pastor Michelle was talking about with the projects, the 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 the, the, the income that's coming in is enabling their mouth to be in places to release the blessing. Yeah. Okay. So Praise by God. the blessing. Of the upright, those with integrous hearts, born again, we understand upright. The city is exalted. What's coming out of our mouth in, over, and about, and towards our city? Yes. yes. See, we, 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 we looked at the proverb, I mean, the, uh, the passage that we're familiar with in Chronicles, and if my people to call by my name will humble themselves and pray. Yes. So we spend time praying, man. We'll get together with a prayer group. 
But after prayer, what's coming out of our mouth? Yes, yes. What are we saying? I spent a couple of months preaching on your authority is in your mouth. Your authority is released from your mouth. So what's coming out of our mouth? What are we saying in our private? You know, I used to laugh at my grandma for talking to Matt Dillon. When somebody was sneaking up on him, look out, Matt. I'm thinking, Matt can't hear you. But now I find myself speaking to the news anchor. That ain't so. Not in my city. That's right. Not on my watch. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because now I understand you ain't talking to the television. You, you, you are challenging the words that were released in the atmosphere of your city yes. with new words. Yes. And because I'm a king, what the word of a king is, yes. now let's change the word power to authority. Yes. What the word of a king is, yes. there's authority. There's authority. So if we're going to reign like kings, we got to open our mouth on purpose yes. with a direct intent. With a, I think more of you would be quicker to grasp a military mindset than a, a royalty mindset. So, coming to the military, just enlisted. Right? You go through the boot camp, then, you know, somewhere in there you become a private. You mean first class or second, whatever. Then after that you become a corporal. And, you know, some folk enlist and, and be discharged still a private. But none, none, here's, here's my point. Privates and corporals Go through boot camp together, become buddies. Privates, because they all enlisted. It's just a progression. When they enlisted, they become friends. When they're both privates, they same mess hall. Now, we was buddies, but then he became a corporal. Guess what? He don't eat lunch with me no more. He, he's in a whole different, not only is he at a different table, everybody at his table outranks me now. They don't look down on me, but my supply in their life ain't the same. They've been exalted to a new place. And I guarantee you the conversation at the corporate table is not the conversation at the private table, nor is it about the privates. I'm just saying we are in the position at the right hand of God. Yes. We should not be talking about what's happening in Little Rock. We should be talking to it. Yes. Yes. And declaring what shall happen yes. on our watch from this day forward. Flow. I don't care how many newsreels you say. That's why you don't watch and listen to every foolish thing that comes on the internet. Amen. Everything shouldn't be allowed in your ear. Yes, sir. And every time somebody sends you something, you can look at the title. I'm not watching it. And begin to speak. And we're not talking about hiding in the hole. We're talking about I'm aware of my position. Yes. And I'm also aware of my rank. I'm aware of my authority. But I don't believe we've been aware of our responsibility to use it. Explain that. You see, you're not going to see a corporal's table, private's table, then a fight break out with the private. And the sergeant just walked in the door. You're like, what in the world are they doing? Somebody stopped them. Y'all going to let that happen? I can't believe them privates were fighting like that. You would never hear a sergeant stand by, watching chaos, and wondering what's going on. No, his voice. Once the sergeant speaks, I don't care how angry that private was. You know why? He recognizes the authority in the voice and the uniform. And no, when I was in Germany preaching, they put me, I was in Kaiserslautern. 
They put me in the general's quarters. My driver was a lieutenant colonel. When I came to the gate, what do you think they thought? <laughs> There's a general. Yeah. And he must, he got a lieutenant colonel for a chauffeur. I mean, a lieutenant colonel has to salute very few people. So if the lieutenant colonel ain't saluting, you already know the general is not saluting. <laughs> so when the girls came to clean my room, they cleaned it quick and quiet. I don't care what I take out the refrigerator that evening, the next morning it was fully restocked. Nobody knew I was a civilian. <laughs> Nobody. And I didn't open my mouth and say, well, you know, I'm not really a general. <laughs> no. I took an opportunity to observe the environment. Yes, sir. And how it responded to what they assumed was a high-ranking official. Everybody, even the captain that dealt with me after I got on base. Everybody treated me with the respect of a general because of my position in the general's quarters. Praise God. We are sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Yes, sir. We are clothed in the glory of God. Yes. We have the nature of God. And every demon spirit recognizes our rank. But when they recognize that we don't, they go, oh. He okay, if, 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 he was a, if he was a corporal and I put him on a general's just a coat and told him do nothing but walk out. When he walked into the room, everybody wondered, where did he get promoted? Where did he? Everybody's in attention. They, they froze. They, their mind is going one place, but no, that's the general. You think that later. His presence wearing the right thing changes everything. Yes, yes. What are we wearing? Mm. Why do you, you know, you're taught how to stand in, in the army, but why do you think the captain walks the way he walks when he's around sergeants and corporals and privates? He got a bar on his collar. He don't have to say a word. I'm telling you, we're not walking like we're in authority. We don't stand like we got this. Yeah. You ever watch athletes go on the floor? On the floor? And you, you, can, you can look and tell who can play. They walk, you, they, I mean, I'm talking about the team. Now. I'm not talking about at the Sandlot. You know why? They come on the court like, I got this. And we've got to take the court. Yes, sir. Like we got this. Praise God. Not fronting. But with insight and understanding. I am right now, I mean, this is amazing to me when I found out from quantum physics that an atom can be in two places at one time. And the Bible says Jesus Christ of Nazareth was on the earth, but he said the Son of Man, which is in heaven, while he was on the earth. And so now I got it. I'm in the right hand of the throne of God while I'm in the earth. Yes, yes. We got to get our position right before we get our mouth right. Now, we, listen, I'm, I'm past confession. We're not, we're not talking about it. We do that part well. We do the meditation part well. What are we saying when we're, have you ever heard the phrase, I'm just saying? What are we saying when I'm just saying? That's where the city is going to be exalted. When yes. we are always yes. conscious of what I'm just saying. And so since I'm just saying, I'm just saying it on purpose. And I'm just saying it with full expectation of the manifestation of what I'm just saying. Praise God. Praise God. Praise See, that, that, that's why when the believers speak, the spiritual world listens. Because they know our speech gives authority either to angels or demons. Demons are listening when we talk. Why do you think David said, I will keep my, a bridle over my mouth, I will keep my tongue around the wicked? Because demon spirits need your words to go act against you. 
I can't make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, oh, they keep talking. But when you speak in line with the word of God, angelic activity increases. And when we open our mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost, the reason it so frustrates the kingdom of darkness is because we speak in the tongues of men and of angels. See, when we're talking in tongues, we don't have to be conscious of the order we're giving. The angels that we outrank recognize what we said, and they go to carry out the order. Yes. And all the demon world knows is when he started talking in that language that I do not understand, angelic activity increased. That's the source. Go stop those words from coming out of his mouth. See, and we don't understand as spirit being, whatever I say out of my mouth, it got to come to pass, and I can release my faith for it, even though my head don't know what it was. Yes. When I finish praying in tongues, that I believe I receive. Yes. Angels, go and accomplish that. I don't have to know what I just said. Amen. Why? Because it's the will of God. And I trust him enough to believe that if yes. it's his will, if I ask anything according to his will, praise God. I know he hear me. Yes, and when God. I know he hear me, then I know my petition is granted. Yeah. So that's why my next course of action is now with my mouth again, praise Praise God. We've got, look at Psalm 60, let's look at Psalm 67. I was going to quote it, but. Take your time. I think we sometimes, Charles Capp said this one day, he said, if you listen to me and you don't meditate on what I said, he said, you're going to walk out this room and know more than you understand. <laughs> See, listening gives me knowledge. Meditation gives me understanding. Yes. And I think in the body of Christ, I think we know more than we understand. And because I don't understand it, I soon drop it. But if I understood what I was doing and what it's going to accomplish, you can't make me stop. That, why, why do you think when you play sports, I, don't, I play basketball, but I don't care what sports you play, a real coach is going to drill you on the fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how good you are, how high you can jump, he's going to bring you back to the fundamentals. Because then the pressure's on. If you disrespect the fundamentals... That's a violation call. Traveling. Mercy. You know. Mercy. <laughs> so you got to always, and, and, and Jeremy Pearson said this, he said, when you see professionals, they're just masters of the fundamentals. In the body of Christ, where are the masters of the fundamentals? Folks, they ain't teaching that faith stuff. There they go talking about giving again. See, you, you're despising the fundamentals. You're in Psalm 67. Let's go down to verse 3. Let, allow, permit the people to praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou shalt judge the people how? Righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Now you pause and think about that. Run that over in your spirit for a minute. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then, when? After all the people praise thee. You know, I know in the Greek, nations is ethnic. So we look at all ethnicities praising. When all the people begin to praise God, so that means no people group is complaining. They're praising. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Praise alone does not qualify for increase. There has to be seed, and seed is always sown in the earth. But when the people begin to pray, the earth don't yield increase. It's when praise 
I think we've been praying a long time over the seed we've sown. But let the people praise thee then. So I, my, my prayer group is now is on a nine-month praise assignment. After March, I told them when we come together on Thursday nights for two hours, no more praying. It's two hours of praise. Two hours of audible, conscious, purpose-filled praise. And you know, being people, the first month, it was all praise about me, my stuff. It really was Thanksgiving. But see, when you stay in it for a month, after a while, you forget about you, and then real praise is about him. So the atmosphere in, I still keep them, I keep them conscious. We are a prayer team. But the focal point is him. See, praise takes away selfishness. Praise puts the focus on him. And as you praise, then the earth begins to yield its increase. And the increase always comes from the seed to sown. That's why I believe we're in the greatest season of increase that we will ever be in. Up, uh, I mean, that we've ever been in. Not that we'll ever be because it continues. It's perpetuating. But here's something. I, I was talking to Pastor Philip. We had a brief conversation maybe a week ago now. It was actually it was last week after uh, my, my niece came, and I called him that Monday. So it was last Monday. And I told Pastor Philip, I said, you know what? I said, I'm not reading a newsletter, a text, tweet, nothing. All we've been doing is praising. And we've been in perpetual increase for three months. My wife and I learned how to live by faith in 1980. And then we decided to practice living by faith in 81 because God told me I was going in full-time uh, evangelism. So we were both working, making good money. And we decided to live by faith on purpose. So we took the water bill, $15 a month. And we said, we're going to believe God for the water, meal, water bill without salary. Because if I'm leaving my job, I shouldn't be believing God for overtime to pay the water bill. I shouldn't be leaving for, believing for a bonus to pay the water bill because I'm leaving the job, which is at that time in my mind was the source of the bonus and the overtime, right? So we made, the, our commitment was the hardest thing for us was, was not to write a check and pay the bill because we believe in paying the bills early, not on time, early. Do you know it took us 90 days to get current on a $15 water bill? Now, we're working every day. Can you see the temptation? I mean, the money is sitting in the bank, and the notice is late fees are attached. Who lacks late fees? But see, we had a goal, and we had learned, and we kept using our mouth. And then in 90 days, that water bill got current. And when it stayed current two consecutive months after that, we added the $35 gas bill to it. It took us 90 days to get that current. Now, the water bill stayed current. But what's happening? Faith that we had learned was now being exercised. And long story made short, we did it. And then we added the light bill. And then after that, now in 1981, my rent was $175 a month. So we added the rent to it. And we knew. And by, by the time May of 2002 came, we started in 81. By the time May of 2002, every month without a newsletter, and purposely we didn't have any prayer partner. You know, I didn't know Sister Michelle, so I used her. If I call Sister Michelle and tell her what I'm doing, I didn't want her psyching me out by sending me my money. So I wouldn't ask her to pray. We had, no, we had no newsletter. We had no partner base. We believed God. And it was crazy. We didn't have a P.O. box. 
We would come home, and somebody would come by and put a wad of money through the mail slot. Cash. No checks. We watched it work. And then when I quit my job in June, well, I gave my two-week notice in June, you will be amazed at the stuff you heard Christians say. Because my wife by this time is, is now pregnant seven months. I heard all kind of stuff. But we had already set our faith in motion. So my point was, I was telling Pastor Philip, I said, we've been living by faith on purpose since 1981. So whatever was going on in the country didn't matter then, it don't matter now. Watch this. Now, that we, we went, you know, March, our, our overflow for this year physically manifested began in March. Now, we got, I had told him in October that 2020 would be our most prosperous year yet. Prosper, prosperous, peaceful, and powerful. This year will be our most prosperous, peaceful, and powerful year yet. Stepping into praise in March, we look back now, March was our first month of overflow. April the 4th, my son's birthday, we were preparing to have a family gathering of about 20 people for his birthday. I get a phone call, a young man who I've been knowing since 1980, who hasn't been in my service for 25 years, and we've only talked four times in the last 20 years, and Two of those conversations were last year. He knocks on my door and says, I don't want to bother you. I know I'm unannounced. Just got a couple of questions. So I'm thinking something's bothering the guy, right? First check, first question is, who to make the check out to? I'm thinking, what check? What, what check are we talking about? He said, the Lord told me to bless you. I said, Leonard Ford. <laughs> okay. Second question, how much is your mortgage payment? And before I answered him, the Holy Spirit arrested me. He said, don't tell him what your payment is. Tell him what you pay. Because, see, I pay extra every month on the principal. I said, well, this is not the, 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 the mortgage. I said, but my wife and I pay extra on the mortgage and the escrow every month. So I pay $1,026 a month. He said, okay, who to make the check out to? He wrote me two separate checks. He said, this is for you and your wife. That was $1,000. And then he wrote the $1,026 check. Now, watch this. We already got the money to pay the mortgage, and we were planning it. Planning because that's just Saturday. I, I pay it online. I'm going to pay it that night. But he shows up. What I'm telling you is we paid it, but the money didn't come out of our account. This, this is my point. Okay. My birthday was April 26th. This year, there was nothing planned. I'm 63, so that was nothing, you know, no big deal planned. I'm preaching April the 26th. That's my thrill. My wife interrupts my service with her special surprise celebration. Same month, right? This birthday offering was like $5,700 for my, for my birthday. Okay. April the 29th, I go to the P.O. box. The same gentleman sends me $1,026 for my mortgage. We already got the mortgage for me, ready for me. But God said, no, you ain't paying the mortgage. Okay? Now, May the 29th, the same thing happened. The same guy. He hasn't been to one service. He hasn't called, texted, or tweeted since. But the check comes. And actually, when I gave the word in November, from November to March, a partner in another state sent a personal check made out to Leonard and Jesse Ford for $1,000. So God's been giving us $1,000 a month personally 
since November. You see what I'm saying? So the meetings that were not booked from then to now, and the meetings that have been postponed, nobody's counsel when they just postponed it until they get their faith up, until they get their people together. No, no. Acts 20, 28 said, you take heed over the flock, over the witch, the whole. So I don't have no judgment against them. They got to be comfortable. That's their people. I'm not responsible for their people. They are. But my point is, not one meeting that was postponed sent a check and said, well, you, we know, no, 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 no. But God has taken care of us. But I, I, I can tell you, primarily, it goes back to what's coming out your mouth. What are you releasing? What are you binding? What are you loosing? You know, when I ministered here um, a year or so ago, I talked about reaping your harvest and getting your angels activated in it. What assignment have you given your angels? The blessing of the upright is what exalts the city. So what we're saying is going to take our city up, not down. Some of my friends have stopped calling me because of my report about Arkansas. I don't watch the negative news about my city and my state. When they call me, I just tell them Arkansas ain't participating. Arkansas ain't doing that. Well, I wish I, I think I need to move to Arkansas. Yeah. No. See, you, you, we, we got to get this. And I really thought I was just going to tell you five minutes of that and go somewhere else, but it looked like this is where I'm supposed to be. So. Uh, but, but the deal is this. Where's your praise? What are you really saying? I have a phrase that I use that faith people understand, other people don't. It is what it is, but it is not what it looks like. Now, let me, let me tell you what that means in case that's the first time you heard it and you're trying to process it. Don't try to process that mentally. It is what it is from my end. It is what the word says. It looks like it's totally contrary. So when I say it is what it is, but it's not what it looks like, I'm telling you I don't care what you see. It is what it is. It's not what it looks like. And you got to get a hold of that and understand. Because see what you, I got this from Dad Hagen. He said he saw a man singing. And he went to God. And God interrupted him. He said, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. He said, Lord, yes, you do. I saw the guy. He said, did you see his heart? Well, no. Did you see when he turned to me and repented and cried out and I forgave him? He said, no. He said, and once I forgive a man, I forget it. He said, so what you talking about? I have no record of. And he kept, and Dad Hagen, you know how he was. With the, and the guy said, he had him to quote the scripture, if there's any spiritual among you. He said, I quoted it three times, still didn't get it. And finally, God told me, if there was a spirit person among you, you'd restore the guy. You wouldn't be throwing him away. See, it is what it is, but I saw it. It's not what it looks like. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. When you don't understand that, you'll be calling it like it is, which is really not the way it is. You're calling it like it looks. But can't you see? I plainly see. Here's the key to see it. You have first got to see before you can see. But what we are doing, we are seeing and saying, but God would see, and, whatever, okay, he saw darkness, but he saw light. So he saw and he said, then he saw what he said. See, from the abundance of the heart. So whenever you find yourself speaking after your eyes, then you know my heart's not full. Whenever my heart's full, I don't speak based on what I see. 
I don't speak based on what I feel. So when you catch yourself speaking on situation, circumstances, and real pain in your body, you know, my heart ain't feel. Oh, but the pain. No, it ain't the pain. The heart's not full. See, when the heart's full, even though there is pain, it is what it is. It's not what it feels like. I'm here regardless to having to move that shoulder up a little slower while I maintain the health that the enemy is trying to steal because I am whole. So, see, it is what it is, but it's not what it looks like. So I got to call it like it is, and I do that by calling things that be not as though they were because I'm calling what is, though it's not seen, so I'm calling it like it's already seen because I already know that it is. So actually, I'm calling the health that in me to be. You see, I'm calling the wealth in me to be. He became poor that I might become. Now, if you take that and add it to Proverbs 10.22, now, if you, if you, I went forward to say go back. If you add that to Proverbs 10, 22, I'm in Psalms. That's why I can't go backwards and get there. Okay, I'm going back. I keep going back to another song. So, Proverbs 10 and verse 22. Now, the blessing of the upright maketh rich, right? Now, watch, watch the Hebrew word. It means, properly, the root means to accumulate. The blessing of the Lord makes me accumulate. It means specifically to grow. The blessing of the Lord makes me accumulate and grow. Do you see progression here? The blessing of the Lord makes me become, makes me wax. Wax is grow, right? Become rich. Wax rich. Watch this. To be or become rich or wealthy, to enrich the blessing of the Lord. Makes me gain riches. The blessing, God blessed them. God said unto them, be. Okay? Now, what is confession? I say what he said. Since he said be, I said I have become. He said be rich, so I be rich. I'm a human being. I'm being conformed to the image of his son. I'm being conformed to my redemption, to my covenant. Jesus Christ hath been made unto me, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, righteousness, redemption, wisdom, sanctification. Then I am becoming wiser every day. I am becoming more aware. You you cannot become more righteous, but you can become more aware of your righteousness, right? Oh, that's so good. Go Go to Romans chapter 1. Thank you, Sister Michelle. (laughs) Prophetic preaching is really what prophets are supposed to do anyway, you know. That that does not mean do not study. (laughs) Please don't. Romans chapter 1. Everybody in this room could probably quote verse 16. But verse 17 is what we're after. But we got to read verse 16 because verse 17 starts with a conjunction. I know y'all used to watch Sesame Street. Junction, junction, what's your function? Yeah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah, of the anointed one. For it is the power of God unto salvation. We know salvation is more than forgiveness of sins, right? To everyone, notice the present continues on the verb believe. Not that believe, but continues to believe, stays in faith. 
the Jew first, also to the Greek. Because, the word for in the English language is synonymous with the word because. So I want you to extract for and insert because just for this teaching. Because therein, where in? In the gospel of Christ. You see, the gospel of Christ, what we're talking about, right? Because in that gospel is the righteousness of God, what? Revealed, made plain, shown. See, I became righteous the day I got born again. The day I received the gospel of Christ and received Christ, I became righteous. Do I know it? No. <laughs> no, I do not. I sense it. I feel it. Something changed. But I don't have a clue what it is. So watch this. Righteousness of God is revealed, but how is it revealed? From faith to faith. Every time my faith comes to a new permanent level, not, a, you know, not an atmosphere and it drops back, but when I a, a study and get understanding and insight and my faith comes up and it stays there, I see more of what righteousness is already. See, my righteousness is being revealed. But now my confidence comes up to accept it and the guy said, let me show you something else your righteousness did. Kind of like being married. The day I married Sister Jessie, and we'd already courted for three years, so she, pretty much she knew me. And she really knew me better than most folk because we didn't just court. We, we was listening to Millie Jackson. This is pre-salvation, so we were shacking. So when you live with a fellow for three years, you kind of get to know him, okay? But once we got married, we got married June the 10th. I got saved June the 10th. We got married at 6.30. I got saved that night at 11. The next morning, she woke up and said, good morning, and I said, I'm saved. She said, okay, and went to work. She came back, and I was saved, and her revelation that I was saved was the fact that we had a two-hour conversation, and I didn't cuss once. If you knew me pre-Christ, you know. That's a miracle right there. He talked two hours and didn't cuss. Not one, not, not one. And listen, I didn't ask to be delivered from cussing. I got born again. I just quit cussing. I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask for it to go. It, I ain't even got the Holy Ghost yet. It's just gone. Three days, I didn't cuss. That Sunday, I don't know what the preacher preached. All I was waiting, because the church we was in, they would say the door of the church is open. That's all I want. That's all I heard. My ears open when he said the door of the church is open. I'm gone. Then my ears opened, and I heard folks clapping. Well, I'm thinking they're clapping because a man got saved, right? No, she's coming down the aisle, too. So we're saved now. Married Tuesday, saved Sunday. 90 days later, well, 30 days later, she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. She's a backslider. She knew how to receive. I'm trying to learn this thing. It took me 90 days to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Here's my point. From that day forward, I just got saved with no religious background. I don't, the only scripture I know is the 23rd Psalm, because since I was 12, I had to read it to my grandmother who had lost her sight. A man, we start a home Bible study. What do I know? <laughs> Nothing. I'm saved. 90 days after I'm saved, a, a guy comes to me and says, you're the hungriest man I ever met for God. He said, I'm going to bless you next week. I don't know what blessing is. But see, his words. He bought me everything Dad Hagen had in print. I get laid off the next week. Now, you figure that one out. I'm drawing unemployment, and I got Dad Hagen's library, and I know nothing religious. 
I'm from the street, straight out the streets. I read two Kenneth Hagin books a day. One of them on right and wrong thinking got me baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was thinking wrong, trying to have, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I started praying in tongues 30 minutes at a time, four times a day in between Hagen books. I did that for two months, and I started reading 40 chapters a day. That's just reading. That ain't studying. That's just reading about. I read the whole Bible every 90 days, 1,189 chapters. My mouth got full of the word and instructions from Dad Hagen, and I'm a new convert that I have nothing to unlearn. And we walk like that. Now, remember, she's a backslider. I'm telling her this stuff, and she's like, I don't know, because she, she came out of Kojic. And she's like, I don't think that's right. Well, what happened? She was watching her life comply with my mouth, and she, after six months, she said, I want what you got, but I want it like you got it. See, she had been taught, you only pray in tongues that the Spirit gives you utterance. When he moves on you, you can't just pray in tongues. I just prayed in tongues like we do now. So I told her, I prayed for her, and I had a little mini vision. I said, I had a, a vision. I said, you was dreaming that you was praying in tongues, and when you woke up, you was, and you never stopped. And that's a, two weeks later, that's exactly, she woke up speaking in tongues. And we learned to take the word of God, walk it out. Here's my point. Now, so that brought you to where we were. So as being married, been with me three years, right? Then we get married. She watched me grow in the kingdom for nine months. First, I'm telling her everything she already knows, the backslap. In nine months, I'm telling her stuff she ain't never saw in the book. And she realized he ain't just saying that Hagen said no more. He's telling me the Bible said this stuff. So she starts reading her Bible because she was reluctant to read the Hagen books. But I'm reading 40 chapters a day, so see, I'm, I'm learning what's in the book. All of a sudden, her confidence as a woman comes up. You know how it is when you're a size 7. Then you become a size 16. You don't want to get undressed with the lights on. All, I, I, in case you forgot where I was at, I'm still connected to righteousness being revealed from faith to faith. But as my wife, it don't matter if you gain 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds. You're still my wife, the love of my life, my covenant person. This is still, and it, people that know me know that's my beloved wife in whom I'm well pleased and beside her there is no other. So gaining weight don't change that because of the covenant we have. But it took her confidence coming up to walk in light of that. You see? So, so, so going from a, 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 a 10 ounce Coke bottle to a, a two liter can make some people real self conscious if this relationship is not strong and built on communion with God. So, what I'm saying is, sometimes because of what happens in the physical, we drop what the covenant says we have because we don't really believe it. But from faith to faith, righteousness, what I have as a child of God, as a joint heir, she mentioned, is revealed from faith to faith. And the more my faith come up, the more I start acting like an heir. The more my faith comes up, the more I start acting like I'm sitting at the right hand of God. The more my faith comes up, the more I start walking like a king. My posture becomes kingly. When I begin to walk into a room, I'm no longer intimidated. I'm no longer inferior. I walk in the room because I walk in the presence of God. I don't just walk in the presence of God. I'm clothed in the glory of God. I'm a bearer of his glory. And when I walk in, I create an atmosphere. I don't walk into an atmosphere. I bring one. I bring the kingdom culture into the culture, and therefore I don't compromise. I change the culture with the coat I'm wearing. 
and the words that I speak with so much, listen, you got to speak with more confidence than volume. Anybody that know me know I like it loud, real loud. But loud is not power. Loud is not faith. Loud is not authority. So if you're loud with no faith, you're loud noise. But when you speak with confidence and faith, do you understand when you speak by the inspiration of God, the word of God in your mouth is as powerful as it is in his mouth. What that means is when you are in the word and under the influence of God, the word of God coming out of your mouth gets the same results it does when it come out of his mouth. Because his word never returns to him void. And if he inspires you to say it, as far as he's concerned, he said it. Then he's obligated to watch over it, watch for it, and bring it to pass. See, if we, if we stop just saying stuff and start speaking calculated, I'm going to think, not trying to put a speech together, but I'm going to meditate and let the Holy Spirit inspire me, or I'm going to yield and just say what he said. I'm going to try to catch it and put it in. No, no. I'm not making an excuse for saying what he said. And then he'll begin to move. Angels begin to move. And then your position becomes praise. And before you know it, increase begins to come. I'm trying to tell you, Sister Jessie's birthday was May the 8th. Her, and I did give her a special little function because she turned 60. Her birthday offering went over $6,000. But wait a minute. Sister Kathy encouraged her that night and said this will not be just celebrated as your birthday. You will receive increase your whole 60th year. This is June. Somebody sent her $25 for her birthday the other day, which was May the 8th. No, I got a $25 check for my birthday, which was April the 26th. Why is it coming in June? This is my most prosperous and peaceful year yet. It doesn't matter what's on the news. It doesn't matter what's going on. If God is really our source, and this is really the source of our faith, from faith to faith, righteousness is revealed. So the more I stay in the word, the stronger my faith becomes, and the more evident that I'm righteous be revealed to me, the more I walk like I'm righteous, I talk like I'm righteous, my expectation is that of a righteous man. So any environment I walk into, I walk into it knowing I got the same favor on me that's on Jesus. I got the same authority. He said the works I did shall you do. And he told me how he did it. He did it with the Holy Spirit, with the anointing inside of him. So see, that's where we got to live, saints. Yeah, we, we, got, we got to live from that position. We got to live from that standpoint, and we got to speak from there, not trying to impress folk. I mean, you know, you, 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 you can't talk doubt to Pastor Philip Long. I mean, you might get two sentences out before he realizes, stop, that's going too far. So what I'm, here's why I brought that up. So in his presence, I put on my faith face, and I say what I think he wants to hear. Problem with that with Pastor Philip is he, he has a strong discerning and he realized you don't believe what you just said. You know, he kind of bold straight, like he'll just tell you, you, you don't you don't believe that. You just but see the problem is you don't talk to people like him much. You talk to folks just like you. So you can just front and pretend and then get in the car and cry. There's no victory in that. But when you get in this word 
and this word rises up in you, and you come to the point to where I am healed. I am healthy. I am whole. I am wealthy. I am righteous. I have been redeemed. I am not the underdog. I am the head. I am not the tail. So I don't care what the situation presents to me. It is what it is. It's not what it looks like. And I function from what it is according to my kingdom position. See, when she said we got to get understand our position, this is, I'm trying to get us to see when we understand our position, nothing can move us. I preached in 1992. Stay seated at the right hand of the throne of God and operate from there. Operate from the seated position while you walk and stand in the earth. Having done all the stand, all that's good. But I'm operating from there. I'm not operating from, from here, fear, challenge. No, no. When I operate from there, this is the highest seat of authority in the universe. And I'm at the right hand of it. And I'm in Christ. And he's already assured me I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. And he said nothing can separate me from his love. That ain't my love for him. That's his love for me. Nothing stops him from loving me. And because he loves me, he gives me the answer in every situation, all circumstances. He reminds me I'm the victor. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. So whether I walk into what looks like havoc, I'm blessed. When, I, when they walked into the furnace, they was already blessed. The only thing changed in the furnace is the bands of the enemy fell off. And there's no evidence of how because it didn't smell like they were burnt off. But what, what happened? Their mouth. Go, let me let you read this number quick. Daniel 3. Daniel chapter 3. Because I've heard some of the worst sermons preached from Daniel. Chapter 3, verse 15, 16, 17. And I'd be like, what? How did you read that into that? The first 90 days, well, not 90 days, but the first six months I was saved, I learned the right interpretation of this passage of scripture from a friend of mine who I got born again. The boy just understood English. And he read it. And he said, I know y'all gonna tell me I just got saved and I heard what pastor preached. He said, but I was reading this and pastor preached it wrong. What? You've been saved 90 days and you think the pastor wrong. And when I read it, the boy was right. Watch this. Verse 13. Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They bought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sacrament, the psaltery, the duclam, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship. The image which I have made well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. We're not, we have no anxiety. We have no fear. We are not full of concern to answer you in this matter. If it be so, meaning if you put us in the furnace... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace that their confidence is in God. Their standing of covenant, their righteousness, covenant with God, their faith is revealing to them, ain't no way you can burn. Watch this. 
and <laughs> he will deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. King, there's nothing you can do to us. We believe God, and our God is a deliverer. He's going to deliver us from the fire and from you. Now watch this. But if not, this is where preachers messed it up. They inserted if he don't deliver us from the furnace. That's foolish. That's ludicrous. Watch this. But if not, if you don't put us in the furnace, be it known to you, O king, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, if the old school preacher was right, then if you don't put us, if you put us in the furnace, we burnt like bacon. So we can't serve nothing. That's not what they were saying. They said, if you put us in there, God's going to get us out. If you don't put us in there, we ain't bowing. We ain't worshiping. My righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. And my faith tells me I'm in covenant with God, so Goliath better go lie down because I'm about to knock him down. It... <laughs> Praise God. Amen. One of the first times I ever preached on that, I was saying, it, it, and I was in a church of people that believed that it meant what he was saying the old time preacher meant. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm so glad for the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit knows what we have need of, and he has uh, honored us tonight with the voice of the prophet to minister to us from the word of God. And I am uh, strengthened in my spirit. Amen. I'm enlightened. I've got some things to, to uh, put, some bullets to put in my gun. Amen.